Good morning to each of you. I have a number of articles up here and uh not sure, hardly enough room. We shall see. Uh, so uh, today is our annual hymn sing, which I know all of you know, and I want to focus on private and congregational singing. And uh, I want to start by saying uh, that song, Come Ye Sinners, Poor and Needy, um, <laughs> it uh, reminded me of Hartwell Singers. And, uh, yeah, I could hear it. I could hear it in my head. So I want to start by talking about the value of singing for me personally. Um, then I want to talk about congregational singing a little. So I have learned uh, by experience um, that singing and praying can touch me and people uh, in the deepest part of their person in a way that the spoken word cannot do, doesn't usually do, spoken word alone. So singing and praying can take the ideas that are in our mind, uh, below the mind, can take them deeper into our person and impact our spirit our heart, our soul. So I want to I want to mention a few of the kinds of uh, singing experiences I have been present in. Um, first, the uh, the first uh, annual hymn sing here in 1958. I believe it was in September, uh, 65 years ago, and it was out front here, in front of this building, which of course wasn't here. But uh, to the right of the Bethel Sanctuary, uh, between uh, out toward the road, toward Milton's house, which is not there. And I don't remember too much about it, but I remember I was there. I was uh, 10. Uh, I remember singing in grade school, uh, Gladys Elementary, the class taught by, her name was Mrs. Ginther. I have no idea how I remember that. I just do. Uh, so the one song that we sang uh, was not a spiritual song, but it was uh, Funiculi, Funicula. Joy is everywhere. It was written in 1880. Uh, to com commemorate the opening of a cable car. Uh, but the words that we sang had nothing to do with the cable car, and I'll read the words. Joy is everywhere. Something, I can actually hear this in my head when I read these words. Some think the world is made for fun and frolic, and so do I, and so do I. Some think it well to be all melancholic, to pine inside, to pine inside. But I love to spend my time in singing some joyous song, some joyous song. To set the air with music bravely ringing is far from wrong, is far from wrong. 
Listen, listen, music sounds afar. Listen, listen, with a happy heart, joy is everywhere. So at the time, I, I didn't realize the importance of these classes. Uh, but yesterday, when I saw those words, I was kind of shocked. Uh, I think I understood yesterday why I remember the song now and uh, actually remember the tune. And I'll just be honest about it. <clears throat> I, I was actually suicidal in grade school at some of the time. And I think that kind of song uh, helped me survive. Uh, the next significant experience I remember is the 10 singing lessons that Arthur Brunk had for us. Uh, in the fall of 1959, Arthur Brunk from South Boston, and he had some classes in 1960 and again in 1963. So in 59, I was 11. And I learned to read shape notes. Sorry about that. I learned the scale. He taught us to beat time. Well, kind of. I still am not. Yes, time is not my thing. Keeping time. We sang some very interesting songs that were not church music. And I want to mention two of them. And... Um, Bless her heart. Mary Sue sang these songs to me yesterday without the book. We can't find our book. We have it. Can't find it. Uh, she sang the tunes to me without the book, and it's been almost 55, 65 years. So, so here's the one. The melancholy croaker with his croak, croak, croak. I hear this too. I can hear it in my head. Could always see things funeral but never see a joke, could never see a joke, but he could croak, 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 croak. I don't know how many of you know the, the song, but it goes downhill. Croak, 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 croak. I am not going to try to sing this. Uh, I pretty much identified with that song when I was 11 because I tended to be melancholy, and it fitted me. Uh, but I don't know how much croaking I did. I don't know about the croaking part. Um, we sang Fritz. That's the second one, Fritz. <clears throat> I'm not trying to be funny, but I hope you enjoy this. Fritz came home from school the first half a year as wise as he could be and wished to show to all around his great philosophy. And so, at dinner, he began. Papa, you think, you think you see two roasted chickens on that dish? Now, I will prove them three. First, this is one, and that is two, as plain as plain can be. I add the one unto the two, and one and two make three. Just so, replied the fond Papa, blessings be on your pate. So I take one. Mama takes one, the third put on your plate. Now, a number of those songs, they weren't primarily spiritual songs, but a number of them taught some kind of lesson. 
And uh, these, these singing classes did have a significant um, impact on the singing in this church. It helped us improve. And then there was Granddaddy's Youth Choir, which met Sunday afternoons in the Bethel Sanctuary on the south side of the building. The right side as you go in the back, sat in the pews, sang out of the songbook, went, went and sang in local churches. I don't know how we sounded, but we sang. And then there was the Hartville singers who came. They've been here more than once, but came on August 9, 1975. I looked in the book. And uh, it was the first service in the Bethel Sanctuary after the building had been enlarged. I believe on a Saturday evening. And what I remember about that service, I, I feel like I need to get my, you know, my hanky out here. What I remember about that service is that the first song, the first line, when they started singing, tears started going coming down my face. And I had no idea why, and I could not stop. And that's how it went the whole service. And I think I had a hard time not being embarrassed. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I didn't know what to do about it. <clears throat> so when I got older, I, I realized, you know, it was probably whatever was going on in my life. And... And it, it was a lot of it had to do with the harmony in the singing. And it touched me in a deep place inside of me, and I was basically out of control. <clears throat> I don't think I made a spectacle of myself, but I was deeply moved by the songs. Uh, yeah, I love singing. I love singing. I love to hear songs, especially if they're beautiful singing. Dave and Ross Gingrich moved here in 1976, and uh, he did have a significant impact on singing here. I'll just say one thing. He was adamantly, I don't know if that's the right word, committed to singing hymns, hymns, not fluff, hymns. I'm not being critical. And to singing on pitch. It had to be on pitch and to harmonizing, and we got to get this together, and we have to work together, and we have to listen to each other, and we can do this. Now do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, songs that have special meaning for me, and I'm going to mention a few. <clears throat> Actually, many songs have deep meaning to me, and I can't refer to all of them. I have them on the back of the bulletin. Um, these, these kind of songs have sustained me. Um, I would say <clears throat> they have kept me from emotional and spiritual, maybe the word is collapse. Uh, I, I have been, I don't know how many times, in tremendous distress. Uh, 
Yeah, part of it is because I tend to be melancholy. But I'm just saying. So uh, the song, How Firm a Foundation, is 395 in the book. Um, I, I want to say something about this. This week when I was preparing this, and I thought, okay, I want, this was the first song I tried to find. Now, this, this is ridiculous probably, but I could not remember the name of the song, the title. And so I said, well, I guess I'll have to look. So I opened the book up, this book, and it opened up at 397. And I thought, I wonder where I should go from here. And I turned one page to the left, and here was this song. And I'm like, I can't hardly believe this. So how firm a foundation. So especially verse 2, Fear not, I am with thee, O be not dismayed. For I am thy God, and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand. So... I read that when I didn't know if I had any place to stand. When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow, for I will be with thee that troubles to bless. <clears throat> these, these kind of uh, songs you know, had a tremendous impact on me. The soul that on Jesus hath learned hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. Then song 359. Okay, that was the second song I was trying to find, and I had no idea. I couldn't think of the title, and I didn't know where it was. So I, I took the book here, and I'm just like, I wonder if I can find it, and I, went to the left, just got a number of pages and went to the left and it opened to the song. <clears throat> and I thought to myself, I, I said, Dear Lord, I have no idea what you're doing here. I do not know. I'm not making some grand thing out of that. It's just that I found it and I didn't know where to look. I... Um, I have great appreciation for this song because more and more, I think as I've gotten older, um, I struggle more and more with the evil in the world, and some of it is my own. And it's very distressing to me, disruptive. Races and peoples, lo, we stand divided, and sharing not our griefs, no joys can share. There's so much truth in this song. By wars and tumults, love is mocked, derided. His conquering cross, no kingdom wills to bear. <clears throat> and then the last line down, the, down there, thy kingdom come, O Lord, thy will be done um, for me. Uh, there's no, nothing more energizing than songs that talk about who Jesus is and his kingdom and what he is doing to establish it. And I think uh, 
when I look too much at everything around me and too much at the trouble in the world and the trouble inside of me, I, I, tend, I tend to go into a hole. And it's not good. My melancholy doesn't help it. But envious of heart, blind-eyed, with tongues confounded, nation by nation, still goes on forgiven. In wrath and fear by jealousies surrounded, building proud towers which shall not reach to heaven. Lust of possessions, working desolations. So I really like that song. Then the last verse, How shall we love thee, holy hidden being, if we love not the world which thou hast made? That's quite a thought to think about. I think I was uh, maybe surprised, shocked the first time I noticed that line. Oh, give us brother love for better seeing thy word made flesh and in a manger laid that heaven came to earth. The world, the world which he had made fallen, now fallen. Then we have 291. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Okay, so one part of this song is it's a minor. Pardon me, I love minors. It's all part of the melancholy, you know. Fits me. But the, the words of the song, oh, the deep, deep, love of Jesus that draws us. The love of Jesus. And the music touches, draws. Then uh, number 350, um, Heart with Loving Heart. Uh, I like this song because it speaks of a community of believers working together. Met heart with loving heart united, met to know God's holy will. Let us, let his love in us ignited more and more our spirits feel. May we also love each other and all selfish claims deny that the brother for the brother will not hesitate to die. So the the call to uh, maybe I'll just say yield to each other, listen to each other. And the last one I have is 448. Above the trembling elements. Um speaks of the troubles. Yeah, I, I know. I said something about that before. The troubles of the world and the troubles of life. So when I said the troubles of the world, I thought of that uh, Negro spiritual. Troubles of the world, or oh, the troubles of the world. Above the trembling elements, above life's restless sea, dear Savior, lift my spirit up. Oh, lift me up to Thee. And that is what we want. It entreats.
He's got to sustain us, to lift us up to Him. And that's what He wants to do. That's what, <clears throat> that's His goal. And uh, Psalms, for me, have done this for me. Now I want to talk about <clears throat> congregational worship in song. <clears throat> so I was I was uh, astounded as I prepared for this sermon to find uh, the, the number of times uh, to singers and singing in the Bible. I think 230 at least. I don't know if I got them all. So uh, congregational singing is essential to a congregation's worship and uh, worshiping uh, their worship. So an essential purpose of the congregational singing is to worship and praise God. Uh, many of the 230 references mention worshiping and praising God, and I will refer to only one of these. It's the first reference in the Bible to singing. It's in Exodus 15 after Israel uh, escaped Egypt and managed to get through the sea. When they thought they were going to die, literally, and they escaped, and uh, the first two verses read, uh, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. And it went on. Now, I can feel a little negative here that um, I'm afraid they forgot their song too quickly. But they did sing it. I think they meant it. So the most important component in worship is to learn and acknowledge who God is and what he has done and what he wants to do. How to cooperate with his good intentions and plan. How to discern what it is and cooperate with him. This this is to learn of God. Worship. Now, no people of God can maintain a healthy spiritual life if they have an inadequate or weak or human view, purely human view of God. So the songs we sing describe God and what we sing influences our beliefs and behavior. That is true about worship in song. So the second thing, congregational singing is essential to a congregation's sense of unity and belonging. And uh, frankly, I can get quite excited about this. So in preaching, one person, like I'm doing now, speaks to all. And then you're kind of captivated and have to listen, unless you turn off your ears. But in congregational singing, everyone speaks to God and speaks to each other. And that's different. Congregational singing is focused on worship. The congregation focuses on the same words 
the same ideas, focuses on God altogether at the same time as one, as a unit. Congregational singing is a living illustration of how diversity of parts, notes, gifts can produce a beautiful harmony. And I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but it is amazing. It is amazing to me. Four-part congregational singing, if done well, can produce a beautiful sound. I love hearing you people sing. And the beautiful sound enhances unity and belonging. It does. This happens because the parts combine to produce something of harmony and beauty. And we may not think about it, but inside of us, we love harmony and beauty. We do. Some of us more than others. It has the same, actually more impacting, result as people combining uh, to get a house built together or a church building built together or the crops in together doing something together. Uh, this is better than any of that because uh, because uh, the sound the sound is uh, if it's harmonious, if it's beautiful, uh, we, we all kind of lose ourselves in it. And, and it creates uh, a bond and belonging. And that has an immediate impact on our spirit, on our soul, on how we feel about each other and how we feel about God. It does. So lackluster singing uh, dampens worship and vibrant singing encourages worship. It just does. And uh, this is the reason that acoustics in a building uh, and the song leading, the way songs are led, and the way people participate, uh, the reason that these kinds of things have a huge impact on congregational singing. I'm not being critical about any of that. I'm just saying that that is a fact. Congregational singing should be more than an event. So th this is this is one thing I've been thinking about more lately, and and uh, would like to have some conversation here with soon, not today, with people who. Uh, actively participate in leading or some aspect of singing that goes on here in this congregation. Uh, the songs chosen should serve the purpose of worship. The spiritual truth or theme we are emphasizing in the meeting, like the sermon idea. 
There's nothing wrong with wanting to sing a song well, to pay attention to the technical aspects of singing. There's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> but even that must serve the bigger purpose of understanding and communicating the message. It can't be just a thing in itself. Uh, <clears throat> but now I want to say that, of course, a song sung off-key hinders worship and communication of the message. That is true. I'm trying to be honest about both sides of that. Congregational singing should be couched in a theme or truth that is greater than us and our gifts. Uh, another way to say it, I had a hard time getting these ideas written. Another way to say it is that our singing should be the fruit of humility, should be the fruit of a desire to contribute to something higher and bigger than us and bigger than the song itself. Our singing cannot be focused only on us and our singing. So I realize that uh, in a hymn sing like we will have this afternoon, it may be harder to see how individual songs connect to a larger purpose, but perhaps the purpose, the larger purpose, is to worship God, uh, to humbly learn from other people's worship in song, and to experience, experience unity with and belonging to other believers, not only here, but people who come. They, I think it is very easy for Christians to get narrow focus on us and, and to forget that uh, there is a, if I could use this kind of term, there is a communion of saints that goes back through the centuries around the world, and it's not just us. The role of song leaders, I don't want to say too much about this, but just to comment on it. Uh, I believe it's to demonstrate worship and lead people in worship. Who the song leader is as a person, his spiritual and emotional state, the way he leads songs, some, I guess I mean his manner, the humility and awareness of the spiritual message of the songs, all of this contributes to the ability, the ability of the congregation to worship. And nobody's perfect, and I'm not trying to be critical. I'm, I'm just saying all of these things affect worship. Ideally, I believe the song leader should have a pastoral heart, and by that I mean care about the needs of people in their earthly condition. Choose songs that express the longings of these people for God. The song leader cannot be primarily preoccupied with himself or be like I would be if I was trying to lead a song preoccupied with the techniques of it. That's what I would do because, yes. 
Uh, last of all, congregational singing should include various types of songs, but not weak, frivolous, or primarily emotional songs. And so the Bible talks about psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And uh, the verse is up here, and do not get drunk with wine. What I'm reading isn't quite what's there. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord to the Lord with your heart. Now I I believe that ideally properly. I think there would be a colon in this verse after addressing one another. I mean a semicolon. A semicolon. I think it would read properly, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit addressing one another. Stop. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. But that is an incidental thing. According to these two verses, it sounds like congregational singing is what people do when they are filled with the Spirit. And it is an alternative, pardon me, but it is an alternative to getting drunk. So, if you want a high, maybe what this is saying, you should participate in congregational singing. Psalms refers to the collection of religious verses or poetry in the book of Psalms. They are generally simple praises, as many of the Psalms are. Hymns are addressed to God. They speak primarily of God, describe God, who he is, what he's doing, what he can do. The goal of a hymn, generally, is not to describe human experience, as much as to describe, say something about God. Spiritual songs, often referred to as gospel hymns, gospel songs in our day, um, are experience-based songs, such as Negro spirituals, which I love. Uh, they have generally one main simple idea and is presented in a way that you will never forget. I enjoy them very much. So, I, yes, I like spiritual songs. They are rooted in personal experience and generally contain less what we call biblical content or truth. It doesn't, I'm not saying they don't contain truth or spiritual truth, but less so than I am. So all of these uh, types or categories of songs are useful, and they have their place in congregational worship. And the challenge is for song leaders to choose the appropriate category for the purpose. And I'm not being critical at all when I say that, I'm just saying that's that's a challenge. Um, 
So I have uh, some items here that relate to that, but I will skip that for now and finish. Uh, so uh, my summary, I love beautiful singing. I really do. I'm looking forward to this afternoon. The kind of songs we listen to and sing individually affects our beliefs and our spiritual experience. It just does. And there's a lot of music singing you can listen to. And I'm not here to define exactly what right music is. But I don't doubt but what all of us have listened to music privately that we can think, well, I wish I hadn't. It wasn't really that helpful. It probably was harmful. Yes, it was. Whatever. So I'm just saying, uh, the songs we listen to and sing individually affects our beliefs and our spiritual experience. The kind of songs we sing and the way we sing them as a congregation has a major impact on the spiritual, and I'll use this term, the spiritual and emotional health of a congregation. Uh, so we will hopefully have more conversation about this. And for today, may we rise to the occasion and participate in uh, the 65th hymn sing. Thank you. <laughs>